Hi, this is Stuart Weems and welcome to the Investopoly podcast. My goal is to give you simple, easy to understand strategies, insights and tips to help you master the game of building wealth. And in this episode, I'd like to talk about some foundational steps that I think investors should take before they invest any money. Now, if you're already an investor, then it's always good to go back and have a think about these foundational steps just to make sure you're on the right track. You know, engineers know that if they want to build a really sound structure that lasts many decades, that most of the time and energy is spent on making sure the foundations are correct. Because engineers know it doesn't matter how well your building is constructed above ground, if the foundations aren't stable, the building's just not going to last. And the same is true for building wealth. There's several steps you can take. And that if you do take those steps, you lay the foundations, sound foundations for building wealth, and there's a greater chance it'd be a lot more successful. And so there's five matters that I'd like to talk about today. So let's get into it. The first one is know where you're heading. Now, it makes sense, right? You don't just jump in your car and aimlessly drive around, or at least I don't. What you do is you decide on your destination first and then you consider, you know, the most efficient or fastest or quickest route to get to where you're going, your destination. And that's exactly what you need to do with building wealth as well. And Stephen Covey in his uh, famous book, uh, Habits of Highly Effective People, it was one of his tips which he called Start With The End In Mind. And essentially that means asking yourself if you do accumulate sufficient wealth What does that really mean for your life? You know, for example, for some people that like to retire tomorrow, retire in full tomorrow and do absolutely nothing in terms of no more paid employment as soon as possible. For other people, they love their job. They just might not want to do it five days a week uh, and they might want to have more flexibility to choose the type of different types of work that they do. So that is, they don't need to think about money when they're thinking about the type of work that they want to do. My point is that you've got to have a rough goal. You've got to know where you're heading because without that context, it's going to be really difficult to work out, you know, whether this asset I should invest in, asset X or Y or Z, whatever it looks like, it really does provide that context. So you need to know just broadly where you're heading. You don't need to have a perfect crystal ball on it and, you know, you've got to understand that people's desires and goals and so forth will change over time as well. So it's also not set in stone. But often I find people just decide, look, I need to invest. I know I need to invest. I know I need to build wealth. But they don't really consider what that longer term goal looks like. The second foundational matter or decision you need to make is who is on your team. Of course, when building wealth or really doing anything, we could try and do all ourselves or we could try and leverage someone else's experience. And I know in my life, I like to think of it as a who question, not a what question. So if I'm facing an important decision or I need some uh, just to solve a particular problem, I don't think about what should I do. I think about who should I speak to? You know, who has already traveled that road? Who has a lot more experience than me in solving this problem or or making this decision? And then I'll go and talk to that person or people uh, to obviously get their counsel, benefit from their experiences so that I don't repeat the same mistakes that maybe they've made or they've seen other people make. And the reason I know that's important is because I know knowledge is very valuable. Of course, knowing you know, share markets and property markets and tax legislation and super rules, all that sort of stuff is absolutely necessary. But it's the experience that's the most critical element. 
you know, knowledge without experience is really dangerous because you don't know when and how to apply that knowledge. Uh, Whereas if you've had many years or even decades of experience in markets applying that knowledge, you are much better placed to work out when it's right to take certain actions and when in fact you should absolutely do nothing or do something completely different. And financial mistakes can be costly, of course. You know, at worst, you're going to lose money. Um, At best, maybe you just lose time. And time's still a really valuable commodity and an absolutely necessary ingredient when building wealth because quite often, uh, good quality investments just take time. So the sooner that you can get into those good quality investments and not waste any more time, the better off you are. You know, Warren Buffett says risk comes from not knowing what you're doing. And so really, if you want to reduce your investment risk, then you really need to work out, you know, you really need to know what you're doing. And if you don't know, if you don't have that experience, then you really need to uh, leverage a team with experience. Uh, And that team might include a financial advisor, a mortgage broker, a tax advisor, maybe a buyer's agent or agents if you're looking at uh, investing in direct property, and of course, a lawyer. And depending on your situation, you might not need all those professionals now, but you probably will eventually. And I think it's a really good place to start to sort of answer that who question, you know, who is going to be on my team, uh, as opposed to jumping directly to what. And depending on the complexity of your situation, you might actually benefit greatly uh, from a holistic team. So that is that From the financial perspective, the tax, the the financial planner, the mortgage broker, that they're all on the same team. Uh, And in fact, uh, my team and I are working on a particular client strategy at the moment that involves several tax planning opportunities. And in my opinion, uh, it would be impossible to formulate the most effective financial strategy for him if we weren't able to workshop ideas with the client's accountant, which is that the accountant's obviously on our team, uh, they're internal. And so literally just only a few days ago, it was, it was demonstrated to me yet again uh, of how beneficial it can be uh, to have that holistic advice. Of course, it depends on your complexity. The more complex your situation is, the, the more uh, likely there is uh, to be more value gained from that holistic approach. The third foundational matter is uh, mastering your cash flow. You can't build wealth if you're spending everything you earn. You know, you spend all your income. I know it's a bit of a boring topic, but really there's two key things you want to achieve with respect to cash flow management. Firstly, you must eliminate costly unconscious expenditure. That is spending money on things that add very little enjoyment or utility to your standard of living. That's just an absolute waste. Good cash flow management isn't about eliminating or minimizing expenditure as much as, as, much as possible. If you love going out to fine dining restaurants, then that's exactly what you should do with your money because you're going to get a lot of enjoyment from it. But if you don't care whether you have a takeaway coffee or make one at work or home, then uh, you know wasting $6 on a coffee is silly. So good cash flow management is just getting the highest reward for your dollar spent. The second important part of uh, mastering cash flow is spending less than you earn so that you have a a certain amount each fortnight or month that you contribute towards building your wealth. You can't expect to build wealth without having some sort of surplus cash flow. And so if you don't have surplus cash flow at the moment, then you absolutely must master your cash flow. You must sort out your cash flow management before you begin your investment journey or before you add to your investment journey. 
and I've spoken about this before and there's a, a link on the blog on the website to uh, more information about how to structure your accounts, uh, something that my clients or most or almost all my clients do with great success uh, to make sure that they're eliminating unconscious expenditure. Okay, the third foundational step is to set a goal, uh, even a rough goal, and it kind of relates to the first step, which is really know where you're heading, but this is really putting some numbers behind it. You know, there's that saying that uh, a goal that's not in writing and you don't have a plan how to achieve that, how to achieve it, it is really just a dream. Uh, and, you know, setting dreams isn't going to be the answer or is, isn't going to be successful to building wealth, of course. Now, most people don't know how to set retirement goals. It seems all a little bit difficult. So maybe I should, uh, I can give you a couple of tips to kind of help you out. You know, the first thing you need to know is when you'd like to retire and how much money you need uh, in retirement. Uh, most people can access super at age 60. So that tends to be kind of a common age target that we use for most of our clients. And most of my clients will spend somewhere to between eighty dollars and $100,000 per annum on general living expenses. Doesn't provide for any massive holidays, a few holidays, smaller sort of domestic holidays in there, um, but uh, just as a general sort of number. So in the absence of a more considered target, you know, I would encourage you to maybe go with age 60, $100,000 a year. Could be your target, but you might tinker with it um, as time goes on. So once you know when you'd like to retire in terms of age and how much money you need each year, you then need to work out how much wealth you, you need to have or need to accumulate in order to be able to afford to fund that sort of living expense number. And really this number is all investment, net investment assets. So really the net value of property, super, plus any other investments such as shares and so forth, but obviously not including uh, your family home. And a good sort of rule of thumb, if you like, is to multiply that number by 18. So therefore, if your goal is to have $100,000 of income, uh, then you really need around about $1.8 million of assets. Now, it depends on how those assets are owned uh, and the combination of those assets and whether there's any tax and so forth. So it is just a general rule of thumb. Um, but if you earn 7% on $1.8 million, and draw um, $100,000 a year, assuming inflation's 2.5%, uh, then it's likely, likely you'll run out of money uh, around about 98 years of age or so forth. So if you live beyond 98, you're probably doing pretty well. And imagine you'd have some equity in your family home to fall back on in that situation as well. So of course, that's just a rule of thumb. And so it's important to uh, do your own numbers and get some specific advice to make sure you're on the right track there. Okay, the fifth and final and perhaps maybe the most important foundational step that you need to take is to develop your own investment philosophy. An investment philosophy is really what you believe about building wealth and will guide you through your investment decision making. So it's really just a bit of a belief system and that belief system sort of guides you through you know, the next couple of decades of uh, making investment decisions. So for example, if I think about my own uh, investment philosophy, you know, I believe that building wealth takes time. There's no, no shortcuts. Uh, I believe that it's silly to take uh, really high risks if you can earn 7 to 8% per annum over the long run uh, and play it pretty safe, you know, not take too many risks at all. 
Um, I believe that following an evidence-based approach uh, gives you the highest probability of achieving your returns. There's no need to throw darts at dartboards. Uh, that shortcuts rarely work and are often f- a futile distraction. You know, there's some of the beliefs in my own investment philosophy and these beliefs sort of guide me, you know, through that investment decision-making process. So, for example, building wealth takes time. Don't get distracted by shiny objects. You know, if a really short-term investment opportunity arises, uh, you know, it it helps me stick to sort of taking that long-term approach. So adopting an investment uh, philosophy at the beginning of your investment journey, uh, as long as it's a sound investment philosophy of course i think will hold you in good stead keep you on the straight and narrow make sure you make some really good quality decisions and most importantly uh, avoid making costly mistakes so that's why i think it's maybe arguably one of the most important of the five foundational steps okay so there you go there's the five foundational steps that i believe every investor must absolutely nail before they start investing or if you've already started before you continue investing and it's something, uh, there's something good to sort of reflect back on and ask yourself, you know, am I comfortable with all these five uh, really important matters? The thing is that these are all really relatively simple steps. Uh, unfortunately, they're easily avoidable as well. You can jump into investing. You don't have to nail these things down, uh, but you'll, be, you'll stand in good stead if you do and probably put you miles in front of other investors as well. I hope that's been useful. Until next week, bye for now.